You are listening to the Enormo Cast. If you zip over to Black Diamond's website right now, you will be confronted by cutting-edge ski gear up the wazoo. And though you might like snow in your wazoo, this is a damn climbing podcast. So guess what I found buried in there like a little cache of squirrel nuts waiting for the spring thaw? Brand new C4 Camelots. Yeah, that's right, folks. BD didn't stop with the ultralights. They went back and redesigned the old standby C4 Camelot to be 10% lighter, sport bigger, better triggers, and the 4, 5, and 6 finally have a trigger keeper, so you can rack them slim down to the closed position, but deploy them with nervous rodent speed when the going gets wide. The climber engineers at BD can't stop, won't stop making the best better for us crack freaks. Check out the new C4s, and if you must, some rad ski gear at blackdiamondequipment.com, or better yet, your favorite local shop. Hey folks, have you fiends seen the Don Waller free solo yet? Well, spoiler alert, the one thing all the principal climbers in those amazing films have in common besides the bedhead and spectacular abs are TC Pros from Sportiva. That's right, those fellows trusted their dreams to the face and crack shoe designed by Caldwell himself to tackle the big stone all day, every day. And Tommy wants your dreams to come true too. So if you want to stick to rock like your elbows stick to the table at Golden Corral, and you want your toes to luxuriate inside cracks like it's their home, That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Then check out the TC Pros and all of Sportiva's great shoes at Sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. And yeah, TC stands for Tommy Caldwell. Am I the only one that took a while to figure that out? We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place. Sold That's, it out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. Yeah, I'll say. We really should. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was a frayed end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Um, okay, so this is episode 167, I think, of the Enormal Cast. 167. Wow. I think. I'll edit that out if it's not. And we're beginning the year with this one. I'm going to put this one out immediately. It's um, We're recording on the 10th, so I'll try to get out in the next couple of days. It was sans intro. That's why I'm doing it now. So um, welcome to the Enormal Cast. I have two guests with me, return guests, both of them several time return guest Steve Dilk how's it going Steve hey great Chris thanks for having me and uh my partner in crime over at the runout Andrew Bisharat hey Chris the reason we've got this particular crew back together is because we're doing now uh, a second annual taps edition of the Enormacast. if you go back to January of 2018 we opened the year with the taps edition 
The premise of the TAPS edition is that we are going to talk about notions that maybe people think are still alive but are actually dead or notions that should be dead and still continue to, to crawl along on a, on a um, you know, sort of life support basis um, or stuff that just flat out should be killed, should be murdered. There should be a stake driven in its heart and it should be banished from climbing. But that's what the TAPS edition is. I don't know if they can hear that or not. My sound effects guy over there with his <laughs> telephone. All right. All right. That's like old. That's like old time radio, right there. <laughs> there's actually a guy there's who's a guy over there, the like studio. knocking on wood, like for not doors, like knocking and like people cr- coming up the stairs. And, and then the wind blew. <laughs> 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 But before we get into uh, get into the 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 meat of this this year's Taps edition, we're gonna do a quick review. Um, although I found out last year that nothing that happens on these shows happens quickly, <laughs> so we'll see how long this takes. But we're gonna do a quick review of last year's Taps um, and what we had talked about and where we are now with with these particular zombies that uh, continue to march along through climbing. So. Um, Hopefully, are, are we going to get as drunk as we did last year? I'm, I'm working on it, man. All right, I do have to show up to work okay. tomorrow. Hopefully not, because that was <laughs> bad for at least one of us. Oh, me too. <laughs> okay, so one of the notions we talked about that Americans at least had held almost sacred in their little bosoms is that euros can't trad climb, or specifically euros can't crack climb mm. and that they would routinely show up in a place like Indian Creek or a place like Yosemite or Joshua Tree and just get their asses handed to them. And we had decided that that notion was completely and utterly dead. And um, I think that this year has just continued to to grind the heel into the the corpse of that that notion. Um, it is so dead. It's it so is dead. so dead. Yeah. 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 I mean, Adam Antra on-site in conception nearly on-site in the south a wall right. i mean just can't say that shit anymore yeah yeah and climbing a bunch of hard stuff including off with in uh indian creek second try as well and it, it was funny because they're there even on the the post he did about belly full of bad berries which he he did this he did second try it's a 513 a very famous modern upside down kind of off with there was still the usual suspects on there like yeah, with just a little like, oh, well, there are harder off with, you know, oh, I'd like man. to see him try this one or whatever. And it's just like, you guys, you know, like he'd never, that was his literally his second day in Indian Creek. Right. Okay. And he climbed. Yeah. It is not the hardest off with, but it's in the, the, that pantheon of really difficult. Yeah. It's in that with. realm of like, yeah, you can't just, and not many people can just show up and do that. Right. No. So yeah, it's a second try. Yeah. Yeah. So the off with people were still still out there still grumbling. Out there just it's just like <laughs> so much off with hype. So. Why can't people just be happy for people's Most people success. were. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, ragging on them, but it was just sort of a humble brag kind of thing. Like, congratulations, but. Right. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's gone. And, and you know what? I think it's so dead that actually the, I actually think that, the opposite is now true mm. is that 
the American climber is no longer, he was never the best, he or she was never the best sport climber. And now we're no longer the best drag climbers either. So just like so many other things in America, that's like this mythological, like we're the best, we have the best healthcare system. Nope. We have the best education. Nope. Don't have that either. You know, it's like we, you know, the, the, there's so many great, awesome, adventurous, like bold, living the true like meaning of track climbing euros uh it's like they've taken that now america has the best trad climbing which the euros appreciate yeah (laughs) totally all right so uh that one's dead um one of the other ones which um repelling off of sport anchors um which actually i I received a lot of of mail about that that like written letters or no no emails of course that people were the the idea the notion that you're you're out there lowering off things and ruining anchors, it, it was still something that people were were uh, telling me about. But I think there was some confusion about the way we talked about it. That, people are still doing this. Shit, oh, they're though. still doing it. But I I actually feel like the word is getting out there against I don't know. it. I'm skeptical about this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I got an email from some random dude who just like clearly just started climbing in like the last year of his life started up his YouTube channel, was promoting himself, you know, sent me an email like through the generic form on my website. It's just like, Hey, check this video out. It'd be cool if you share it with your audience. And, um, I watched this video and him and his bro are just like stoked out of their minds climbing this five eleven. It's a cool video. You know, like it's a cool climb, cool five yeah. eleven, cool video up until the point when they repel off of the anchor on this 15 degree overhanging wall. And so my response to him was just don't repel off of anchors. And he was just like, Oh really? I never knew that. <laughs> so it's still out there, but I think it's just something that we can perennially return to. Unfortunately, yeah, I agree. But again, please sport climbing anchors are made to be lowered off of. It's a closed system. There's never any confusion with your belayer about if you're repelling or if you're, if you're uh, being lowered, did you guys hear? I mean, I, I, they all run together, but did you do you remember if 2018 was rife with that accident, like it has been in years past? Uh, I'm not up to date on the yeah because really that's all we want is we don't want to hear right. about the accident Correct. where the person thought well, they no, were going to be more than that. lowered it's, and they got repelled they they got dropped or it's more than that. It's the you cannot clean a sport route on repel if it's steep enough. Yeah. If your belayer is fireman hauling your ass in through the first bolt and you're trying to take your hands off the ropes to tram in to clean draws, it's fucking dangerous. Yeah, you're going to get killed. That's the problem. It's like not, has nothing to do with the gear. It's like, that's a dumb, harder way to clean draws off of a route. Right. And you're only doing it because you think that there's like, you're going to get slandered on, you know, Mountain project or whatever. Because you ran a groove through the anchors. Because right. you ran a groove through yeah, right. a pair of $3 quick links, you know, but it's right. not that. Okay, well, we'll move on. Yeah, right. we've, this is a horse. That we, I'm happy to beat this horse as much as we can. Because right. actually, I'm more happy to beat the daisy chain horse. Okay, but we're not going to do that either. Daisy, we, we talked about daisy chains. Um, I, we, I don't want to go down this road oh, again <laughs> in sport climbing. Just see, listen to the last episode yeah, until, yeah, exactly. until they're still out there. 
it's still t- it's just timeless information i'll tell you what though i've i've softened on daisy chains um and on big roots okay i'm just letting i'm just well that's what they're for know. right yeah. yeah so in sport climbing no in the gym no okay uh the dirt bag was one we talked about whether mm-hmm. or not the, the dirt bag is on life support right. um i think it continues to be assaulted by by sprinter vans i agree and um yeah. It it definitely exists somewhere out there, but I think most people claiming to be dirtbags probably need to review their bank account because right. they aren't. <laughs> right. Well, I think one of the most interesting things um, since we've been doing our run out podcast and, and just in our own interviews, you either with your Enorma cast or just interviews I do with my work is listening to the difference in perspectives from people who are like 35 and older versus those who are 29 and younger and their mentalities about climbing are totally different. And it, it's somehow like tangentially related to this idea of dirtbag, which it, it just like manifests in like weird ways. Like people are more, either more apt to like throw away you know, like a carabiner that you dropped off of a route versus I'm going to go hike in the dark and find that carabiner because I'm a dirt bag. And that's like, right. You know, my, my personality is, is to be someone who, who goes out and like, or just like treasures like gear, you know, or just like treasures the few possessions I have. And I just see that manifest in like these really subtle ways. I don't know. What do you think? You're saying the older, the older climber has, again, has this, I think, romantic and pros- possibly uh, mythological idea of the dirtbag still in their brain. And the mm. younger climber, it's it's not really something that they venerate. Is that what you're trying to say? It's like the younger generation, it's not like part of their flair that they put on their sash. Right. Their little you know, dirtbag piece work. of dirtbag right. flair. Their right. little piece of dirtbag flair. It's not something that they're proud to to show off, I guess the way, the way the older generation. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I guess I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's definitely, there's, there's some kind of line in the people who are in their thirties where that line gets like, there's a line, you know, it just gets distinguished and people who are older than that kind of think of climbing in a way that's different than people who are younger than that. Mm. Yeah. That's a very broad generalization, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, the other, the uh, the next one that we need to review is the. It w- I claim that the onsite was basically dead on the vine. That people's notion of what an onsite truly meant had gone out the window, and that the flash had been sort of taken over the onsite. Um, and your example of of we talked about actually Adams very strict rules about on-siting. Mm. And so, you know, he continues to uphold, I think, the best of, of what it is, claiming that, you know, not to know anything about the route. When he tried to do the South Day, he stayed away from watching videos about it, which is hard to do if you're, like, coming up and climbing in the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. So, you know, but he admitted there was some gear beta that he couldn't avoid, um, but still considered it an on-site. Um, but I still think that that it's definitely blurred by a lot of people what what an onsite is. I, I don't hear news of people making claiming like hard onsites anymore. I mean, except for Andra, who else is doing that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't think many anyway. people are even interested in doing that. Okay, like, I, maybe it's 
it's dead in not in the distinction between onside and flash, but it's dead in that nobody's fucking doing that shit anymore. Right. I don't know. I think it still pops up now and again, but but the uh the pink point was also in there. Um that's I think becoming a even dimmer thing of the past. Again, the right. distinction. Um of- actually that came back this year. Oh, it did? It did come back this year because Lonnie Kauk climbed Magic Line, which he had pink pointed before, which for those who don't know means you he he climbed a trad route with the gear placed. Mm-hmm. Because his dad, who put up the route, Ron, had also pinkpointed it. His father, Ron, had also pinkpointed it. And he climbed it again this year, placing the gear on lead. Okay. And he mm. called it a 514C, which so a, a letter grade harder than what his dad had dubbed the route, which was 14B. And I don't know what that means, but that's like an, that was just like an interesting example from this past year of the pink point being... He cleaned it up. He cleaned it up. All yeah. right, a legacy climb. There it is for Mister for Mister Lonnie Kauk. <laughs> and then finally, we uh, we had a. This actually also made people mad. Um, we had a list of photo opportunities that should be skipped, um, or at least in terms of posting it on on social media. Um, you know, I I got a lot of the typical thing of like, what does it matter to you? What other people post and. Of course, I was like, it doesn't really matter. We were just joking around. But um, on that list uh, were gear photos, mm-hmm. like the, with the spread oh, out, oh, ready yeah. to go on the floor. Which I have not seen up. in really? the last year. I have not seen that shit. Okay. The, you, yeah. you haven't been paying attention because I've seen plenty. <laughs> well, here's the problem, actually, is I, not a problem, but um, there's uh, some folks that I've, I've actually exchanged stickers with and stuff, uh, Weigh My Rack. And they, their social media is basically people posting pictures of all their their stuff like sure. perfectly organized. Yeah, Oof. but that's like that's so that's like a a level below like the mainstream. Like yeah. people were doing that shit everywhere. Yeah. So okay, you think it's going down? Well, that's good. Um, training pictures, shirtless training pictures have gone through the roof. Oh, way like, up. That's way like up. it's like a viral. It's so alive. It's like some sort of viral mass that's just like reproducing itself yeah. like I'm, exponentially. I, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of traveling. I've been touching around some cities in North America and I see it on like the subways. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. Okay. It's like so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Naked men training <laughs> is basically. Wait, like, you see naked men training on the subways? Shirtless. <laughs> yeah ads for some sort of rock gym uh, or or like a a, a workout program like carly traversy's just on like the side of a subway yeah, like totally <laughs> it was a guy on like a moonboard i think <laughs> <laughs> the um the the my very specific one was uh climb scarface in indian scarface. creek with six shooters in the background and i think it's become more prolific and part of the problem <laughs> good, is good. is that andy burr shot which <laughs> i mentioned last year right. Is basically like the face of so many of the Bears Ears climbing campaigns. <laughs> right. Is is Brittany Griffith climbing Scarface, Andy Burshot. So I think I think I see it more now than so. Um and then not to mention and the keep fact coming. that, that Norma Cass loves them. Yeah, just to fuck with me, plenty of people <laughs> right. sent me their their Scarface with 
six years in the background shot. So your life has been hell basically. This yeah. last year. <laughs> I can't even go on Instagram without like some trauma. So, um, anyway, that was last year. So things are rolling along. Some stuff's dying further. Some stuff is alive and well. I like that. Our theme for the show is what's dead. In climbing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the way to start the new year. You're right. As far as I'm concerned. Purge. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's culling, a culling. You know what I mean? A, a, a herd can't be healthy unless some stuff gets culled. It's sad and tragic, but you know, Bambi's mom had to go. I need a drink. Uh, whoa. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm dry. All right, we're taking a drink break. Okay, so now to the meat of the show. The 2019 Taps Edition, January 2019. That's right. We're rolling. We are rolling. Right. So you, it's a new year. Yes. I'm in your house, Andrew. I'm with my homeboy, Chris. You know, I love you guys, but what's alive now with podcasts, books, blogs? Do, do podcasts need to die? Climbing podcasts? Are they just spreading like cancer? Podcasts are zombies. Books are essential. Uh, I don't know what books are. I, like, th- I don't know. I think have, climbing. Have there been any good books out? I this think season? climbing books are on life support. They're on life support, maybe. I mean, yeah, because there just haven't been any classics out. I don't know. Well, I mean, you can't really, you can't really know that until you know some time has passed. But yeah, but I mean, I just think you know, don't don't you think like the story out there is always that that printed word is dying? Well. I mean, kind of, but I, I, I don't see, a, you know, climbing magazines going down, right? I mean, Rock and Ice is doing well. Alpinus is still cranking. I've, I haven't read that shit in years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told they're doing well. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, blogs are dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blogs are dead. And probably rightfully so. Probably rightfully so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if you, you have to like put it in context of 10 years ago when it was blogger came out and people were just like, Oh, this is like the only way I can like share my shit. Right. Now people can do that on Instagram, Twitter, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. So I think the blog and and like just creating a blog is so much fucking work. So yeah. No, I mean, I, I I don't know if it was during the show last year or other places on uh, on the podcast I've mentioned, I mean, one of the very few things I do in terms of research, sometimes it's after the fact when I'm making the post I, after I've already interviewed the person, but you go to their, you know, the athletes like personal website and it's always like some ancient blog that hasn't been touched. And I mean, those are even an gone now too, but for a long time they were just this blog that lasts you know, there was like a whole bunch of entries and then one and then the, the like uh, right. obligatory, like I haven't written in a while blog. You know, I've, I've been really busy lately. I'm right. trying to catch up. Ethan Pringle is a master at that until yeah. he like killed his blog. Every single post he wrote was always just like, 
sorry guys <laughs> i haven't posted in like fucking years and then, and the, then you wonder who he's talking to because nobody yeah, was I know. who are the guys <laughs> right <laughs> who are the guys <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah the blogs the books and then podcasts man i tell you i feel it man i feel it like the, the heat's on well the heat's on because you know it, it did like everything all cool things do it, it it was underground right and then it you know everybody like jumped on board and then it peaked and now i mean it's just is has it peaked or is it gonna get is yeah, it peaking well right. it, there's it's getting two, saturated there's though. two questions and i'm not talking about the the specifically anything about the normacast here normacast the, is sick run out yeah, is sick obviously yeah. But like, then there's like a bunch of other, there's a bunch of other podcasts out there that are just like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, the, the, the landscape is crowded, man. And it's hard to get your shit heard. Right. And, and I'm j- I just feel lucky that I started this when I did, because it was definitely. You were a brave voice. Well, know. it was like, you know, it was a tree on a savanna. Right. <laughs> like An oasis. And, and me and, and the Dirtbag Diaries were it's like chilling and right. the dirtbag diaries was not a climbing specific it's never been a climbing specific podcast they just occasionally touch on climbing so you know it was just us and like a bunch of gazelle like <laughs> breezily feeding next to these two little trees and like now it's a full-on forest i mean even in climbing but let alone climbing the 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 podcasting i mean there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of good podcasts not to mention ten thousands of garbage ones. right I mean, it's Trader Joe's has a podcast. Like, who listens to the Trader Joe's podcast? It's and interesting. Just to name see, one. It's interesting to see how many people are willing to just be like, "Oh, you have a podcast? Oh, I'll I'll come on that." Having no idea even what the podcast is or mm-hmm. if it's cool or whatever. Yeah. I, I wonder if in 2019, pe- people and maybe like people of interest, you know, celebrity climbers or whatever that means are going to be more selective in terms of who they talk God, I hope to. Not. <laughs> Dude, the enormous cast is like the OG shit. Nice. Like you can't fuck with that. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like the, like I, I see like big name climbers just on like random ash, like some bumblefuck dude, like talking to them about who knows what, like not even know? climbers. Yeah, just like, like not even on climbing podcast. It's like, yeah. just like, oh, come on my podcast. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Who are you? Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> but you you said has it peaked? And what I was kind of going to get at is we'll we'll maybe find out that artistically or creatively it may have in that sense of like it's now filled with kind of podcasting in general with just sort of generic form fitting because the point is is that when it was a new media there was no form exactly and now definitely there's a form it was like the young internet and in fact that you know it's like even in climbing like the the normic cast has been ripped off like four or five different times in terms of the format you know and i am open about how i ripped off the format so it's not like right you know it just happens to be the climbing thing but there is a format now there wasn't a format Mm. you know the artist artistic part of it was creating the format um, where it was going to diverge from radio, right? You know where yep. it was going to diverge. What what were the? You must be the only podcast though that insists on in person interviews. 
Uh, within climbing, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I can't even keep up with, Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's not a matter of like, Oh, I, I hate those guys. I'm not going to listen. It's like, I mean, you're like, I'm like Pica- everybody else. I don't have time to listen to everything that's right. out there. Yeah. I mean, you're Picasso working in a color right now. This is your color. Thank you. In person interviews. You get it, man. I get it. Oh, you yeah. get it. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's alive and well. But they're just, it must, it might have a limp. What about books? Have yeah. you read any climbing books that are cool? Or like, who's writing books? I mean, I just read Joe Brown's book back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the book smells Wait, like say my that grandma. Again? Joe Brown's book. <laughs> the way you say that the just hard turns years. me on. Well, actually, that's a good... And it's called The Hard Years. <laughs> yeah, that's Which good. is tough. Let's segue right into that. And well, exactly. So that that brought me to another idea of uh, the idea of do unhealthy climbers exist? <laughs> because what do you mean by that, you know, Don Willens is a major character in in Joe Brown's book, and he was a guy who would chug seemingly endless amounts of beer and alcohol, get in a fight, win or lose, and then be cranking the next day on some heinous alpine route. And I just don't know if. We're so concerned about sending and being healthy and fit for the climb if uh, if those characters even exist anymore. I mean, I, I get it. You know, time is money and it's tough to spend time at the crag. You, if you're going to maximize, you want to send. So I don't know if people have as much le- leisure to crank it out these days and chug 50 beers. <laughs> 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 Which is sad for me because that was a well, essential part of climbing. The beer is too hoppy. Now to chug 50 of them, which right. is a whole nother thing. But it's, it's interesting that what you're saying, because it's called the hard years. Yeah. Yeah. We can circle back to the dirtbag thing because what Joe Brown's referring to in the hard years is that, is the hard living with the partying. Right. The hard climbing because it was not just difficult, but it was dangerous. Right. And then the fact that those guys were were generally from working class or poor families. 100%. So we, you've got that all wrapped up in the title of this book, which really talks about a demographic change maybe within climbing. Right. Which in a lot of ways that, 100%. that era yeah. represented even historically because, you know, the alpinism up to that point was kind of this aristocracy's like playground totally. sort of game. Like back in the early, early days in the Alps, you know, you see the men in the tweed suits and their pipes and a lot of them were these like. The Abruzzi, dude. Yeah. yeah. There were these rich playboys right. that were doing it. And <laughs> what those guys represented, the, the Don Willens, and Joe Brown, and then the next generation, which was like the the Burgess twins, right? The, all that those Sheffield, gold climbers. New York, at Shire, yeah. and all those places were these guys that were gonna climb with no money, right? And invade invade this like aristocracy, and particularly like the French and and uh, the Swiss guides over there. Yeah, and they would they would just party all night. They would literally brawl in the bars, yeah. like clear the bars, like yeah. throwing people through the door out on the streets, and then you know early morning they're like halfway up the Iger before anybody else is out of bed exactly yeah I don't know does that exist anymore yes um it does in the UK oh the Brits have God. not changed and they're yes. I, I, I took a trip to Wales this year and they were and I was really impressed with like the commitment to partying hard climbing hard because Amazing. the weather sucks there and right. so it's like so much a part of climbing yeah. is to just spend like 18 hours in the pub right and then <laughs> and, like and and then like four Brown hours of your Wales. day you like go out and yeah. like do one pitch right but it's like fucking really scary and hard <laughs> and that's just like the shit that they do over it's there style 
And it's still it. alive today. Thank goodness. That, but, that really warms me up. I, seriously. Just like a tangent of what you're saying is I've always thought it was so funny to you. Like if you just like went to rifle on a random day and you're just like, oh, climbers are just like these like athletes. And you just like look around. People are just like sitting around. <laughs> this is true. People this sit around yeah. and fucking talk and like not so much anymore, but they used to just like smoke cigarettes and drink beer at like right. noon. Right. You, you see like the beer drinking a lot more so still right. yeah. at like noon. The comp scene's a little different. Um, there you the, go. Yeah. The okay. comp scene's a little different. They do not party like the Brits do. Right. You know. <laughs> um, God, I wish though. If there was so one funny. dude out there. I mean, I grew up, I I grew up Instagram. in high school. Running cross country, and there was this dude just like shotgunning beers. Well, in isolation. he was yeah, he was chugging ciggies, and he would crank beers after. And he was our state, you know, champion runner. He was like oh, has all the records. Chris Green, he's an old punk rocker. Hmm. Shout out! And that was like when I kind of got into climbing. There was still that kind of dude around, pretty actively, and I was hmm. just like, oh, hmm. I'm, I'm home. This is like these are my people for sure. But. Another, I mean, when I was in like my, when I was living in Yosemite, like I, I wore that as a badge of pride that I could like yeah. pound King Cobras all night all and right. like go climb. And go climb the next day. Totally. 12 pitch route the next day. Yep. And I don't know if that, I haven't been to Yosemite in a long time, but I don't know if that's still alive there, but that was like very much a part of the culture at the right. time. Boy, it wasn't with us, huh, Chris? What's that? We didn't have any drugs or alcohol in our no. work. No. Right. Did we have cigarettes? You did. Yeah. I yes. had some cigarettes. And tea. We had, and there we was did. caffeine in That's there. That's right. <laughs> Coffee. See, we were straight laced. And we fucking got work. Or at least Lame. I did. Oh. Well, here's one of the big differences, though, that I don't want to confuse. I mean, the drinking at the crag and like just fucking off and drinking and partying, that totally still exists. Yes. But the, the, the moment in time that those guys represent was that they were cutting edge. They were climbing the hardest things also doing that. Yeah, but that was like 5'9". Yeah, but True, but hey, man. I mean, it's all... They had nails in their boots. I could be fucked up and climb 5'9". Not in 1960. Right. I bet I could. It's all relative. Okay. (laughs) I bet I could. Old. But you you see my point is that like cutting edge is cutting edge. It's all a matter of perspective, so... But that's... I guess I'm getting back to whether this shit's dead because I feel like it is. Yeah, I don't think you I can be cutting edge anywhere in the sport and be living that lifestyle. Like the the, the your, bar for cutting edge was so much lower at that time. That's yeah, the, that's, that's the point I'm making. To, to yeah, your yeah. point, and yeah. your point is right. Right, that you can't be elite and do that anymore. You there was this moment in time where you could because the the cutting edge it had a lot to more to do with mental right uh, leaping through mental barriers as to what was possible. And, and this is just me blabbing, but. Um, that's the bread and butter of this fucking podcast. So, but you know what I mean? It was like a mental challenge to, to cast off, you know, conformity and do things. Cause that's what they did. They came into Chamonix and the Alps and, and looked around and were like, you guys are doing things way wrong. You have I think to be the way thing more that's, bold. The thing that's so fun about not taking climbing seriously, but still performing at like a fairly high level for yourself is it, it adds to the sense of freedom, right? Yeah. I'm going out, partying, having fun, fucking off, and I wake up and can climb a 15-pitch route, a middle cathedral, or, you know, like, yeah. 
And it's just so fun. Like, that is so fucking fun. Totally. It's like a That's bigger middle hogging. finger to society. Yeah, exactly. A, That's fun hogging. It's a middle finger sure. to society, yeah. but it's just like, fr- it's fr- liberating, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. just like liberating in this amazing way. You're not one of those prudes who's just like needs to train on Tuesdays and Thursdays so you can perform your best on Friday morning at one, you know, at 11.55, you know, right. and... and it's this sense of bucking people who are, you know, taking the sport too seriously. Yeah. But still taking it seriously enough that you're living this life where you're a dirtbag. You've committed to it. You're living out of your car. You have nothing else going on in the world. And you just want to climb hard and like come back and like party hard with your with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that shit. No, I think I'm, that's I'm so there. awesome. I'm there for sure. Well, do you see that divide that you mentioned earlier with the younger crew not kind of seeing that, having that? I mean, it's different and it's, it depends on the area you go to, Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You see that more in Yosemite and less in Rifle. Right. You know? Yep. People take things more seriously in Rifle. And so that's why there is like this faction that in Rifle where people try to just show like just show off you know yeah and like sh- show people how that's a ridiculous mentality climb routes and sneakers and climb routes <laughs> after drinking seven beers and do backflips off the top of routes that people are projects for people all summer or naked with a watermelon on your harness that's yeah. right but that's less and less the case it's totally that's right. old news yeah, that's yeah. like that's years less ago. and less the yeah. case here right that's that something I, i'm sad about yeah I'm there too. So you would say then, it seems to me that this notion of of climbing super hard and still being able to rage and party and like have a good time is alive and well in Wales. Yes. <laughs> yes. Outstanding. In the Wales. British James McAfee is a legend and this dude parties like, Out, like a, a guy I've never met. And <laughs> he's Van Halen in 87. <laughs> Just at the top of it. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> but he he's partying hard and he's he's the best track climber in the UK. Right. That's sick. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, bet he's but, read but Joe Brown's more book so, too. More like that the more to the point, there are many people who embody that attitude of i don't want to take this too seriously i want to go to the pub have fun with my friends right that's what it's always and, been with me and if the weather's fucking good tomorrow we get up and we rage we crank. Yeah, you know we totally. crank yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh it, yeah so that shit and and they're like just such dirtbags there i just yeah i just <laughs> i gotta go to wales yeah my trip there was it was it sounds really like a pilgrimage for me affirmative of all the things that I love about climbing oh, in so a way sick. that I, I had thought that they had all died, Oh, you know, but they were incredible. alive and well there. Right. Well, and I mean, I'll say this again, Joe Brown, very active in Wales. That was their zone. So have you read his book? Um, which one? The hard years, the hard years. No, I haven't read that right. one. You should. It's good. Books alive and well. Books are still right, books. Well, old books are still old alive books. and well. Yeah. The classics. But it feels like maybe it's uh, it's on life support elsewhere. You're saying books? No. Oh. Partying. Oh. I think so. Unhealthy and climbing. Well, especially as we're moving to this Olympic uh, age now. Yeah, yeah. Then it's, it's just going to yeah. be out the door. I mean, people can always come party with me and <laughs> yeah. we'll go climbing. 
Totally. The entourage <laughs> is always, always down. There's always St. Maury. <laughs> <laughs> He's keeping that dream alive. Maury Wah and a rifle. Totally. <clears throat> Climbs harder than I do. A 12-pack deep. That's for sure. <laughs> He's got a new van, too. <laughs> Before you go, Andrew, I've got another trivia for you. Do you know what the term wide boys refers to in the parlance of the British and the English? Uh, wide boys? Wide boys. So meaning like in reference to, the, to Tom Randall and... No. So I think they are actually playing kind of a double entendre sure. on us. Yeah. Uh, so I was in Scotland not too long ago and uh, I learned that wide boys over there at least in Scotland refers to like hooligans who take a wide breath away from coppers and from like doing work so from bosses okay. so to be a white boy you're known as like kind of a hooligan who like avoids work and just gets shit done like however you want to do it so oh, wow. which is awesome i was like oh my god and those dudes have been calling themselves white boys because they like white cracks but in fact like when they uh, say it it's like a badge of honor damn. for that style yeah i was stoked oh well, that's some good trivia right there it was pretty cool that. it was a good that's trip super good. it was a good trip yeah yeah, yeah. I just thought that was like the lamest thing I'd ever heard when I heard white boys. <laughs> totally. Uh, so did I. Yeah. And then I heard this very organically. I thought it was not... like bad boys, like, you know, like the yeah. Will Smith and whatever <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except wide. <laughs> <laughs> I know that movie too. Right. It was bad. Explosions in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not as bad as send bros though. All right, let's talk about boards. Boards. Oh, yeah. The boards. Yeah. So, moon boards are the... fucking hot. But there's some new boards. <laughs> What's up with these boards? And have they killed the moon board? <laughs> do, do tell. There is the kilter board. And the tension board. Okay. Fucking update yourself. Well, wait a second. Well, and there's the original pegboard. Did you and guys the, ever have the pegboard in yeah, gym class? Yeah, the pegboard. Yeah. Like the, the peg OG board? And, the, and the campus board. And, and the campus board. Those are both OG. Like pegboard is OG OG. OG OG. Yeah. Pegboard is OG OG. Or from... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You see that shit in like World War One, like training. <laughs> totally. Videos. Exactly. Pegboarding. As well as like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> preceded by uh by uh what was the one from the 80s the um because they're just bringing that back with the rock it's uh huh? the backer ladder no yeah. the the show on tv was uh oh gladiator american gladiator oh dude that was the best show yeah but they were oh, bringing it so back good. there's like a new version of it i can't remember laser can't yeah laser yes. blast yes blaze blazer laser <laughs> blazer <laughs> rudolph <laughs> No, Blaze used to climb at my uh, the gym I worked at in, Get coast, in the Santa fuck Mon- out. What board was he on? No, it was she. <laughs> oh, <laughs> apologies. Apologies to you, but it was a common error. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Moonboard, are you dead or not? No. no. Why? Way, way alive. You Whatever know what? The opposite of dead is super alive. You know what happened with the Moonboard? Is the Moonboard felt its pulse fluttering? <laughs> Because it was too goddamn hard, and basically, as a as a as a uh, an economic sort of endeavor, a business endeavor, they realized that maybe like 
90% of climbers who touched a mood board having a terrible time was not good business. Mm. So they, 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 you know, they gave, they came up with a new set of holds that were easier and uh, right. pumped Thus, a little, it had like flourished. Little, it was like right. a, a, a pair of, um, diff, it was like a defib, right. just like to get that bad boy. Right. Like the red hole again. through a defib. Yeah, totally. Because, okay. So what about kilter board and tension board? Are they going to be the future and is moonboard going to die? First I of mean, all, yeah, Moonboard has. You go first. Oh, no, you no, go. Well, I was just gonna say for those folks that we talked about earlier who are not touching beers, the kilter board is probably gonna be alive and well for them. All I know about the one that we have at our gym is that it's so fucking hard, and there are more thirteen and fourteen climbers that I know five thirteen five fourteen climbers that I know of that won't even touch it. That I, it just seems impossible to me that it's gonna stay alive unless you are upper echelon yeah so the the gym you're talking about is the monkey house in carbondale right and the that board is like what 55 degrees i heard 60 no it know. was 60 and then they moved it kilter did yeah they they changed they it needed an intervention by the goddamn it, it, company they had this they they are down the same path as moon as there it is moon board. exactly is they were like first of all it's too big most gyms can't don't have a space for it because it's gigantic and it leans so far it takes up a huge space secondly yeah you're you you, if you're a gym your bread and butter clientele do not climb that hard right and even you know you have i mean even like a somebody climbing like 512 that kilter board is untouchable untouchable yep so who are you building and buying well so but the kilter board can be at any angle I mean, it can, it can be set at any, okay. at any it didn't angle. didn't come with a prescribed one? No, yeah. it didn't okay. come with a prescribed one. No. Unlike the moon board, which did right. originally. And now they've changed it to 40 degrees. And also they have a 20 degree or 25 degree version of problems. Oh, okay. And, and that was in response to this competition. But so the kilter board was, the idea was it's an adjustable angle. Oh, okay. And you can have problems at any angle. From 20 overhanging to 65. But the fucking gym in Carbondale, like, (laughs) fixed this shit at, like, whatever Uh, it was. Impossible. 55, 60 degrees. Yeah. So steep. But I will say this. The kilter board is sick. The holds are awesome. Right. The light up. The light up is so much better than the LEDs set below holds on the moon board. You often can't see. Which you often can't see. Yep. Kilterboard is the future, in my opinion. Sick. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I touched it. It was impossible. And I was like, oh, I will not ever use this. See, I, cool. thought, I thought it was prescribed like the like the moonboard, but I was wrong about that. No, it could be at okay. any angle. And you, the app allows you to say like, oh, I've got this kilterboard at 20 degrees or okay. 65 ah, degrees. All right. And, and it changes yeah, the, pro- the no grades idea. of the problems. But they're a small company um, formed of core climbers like they're legit dudes and girls dudettes dudettes dudes and dudettes <laughs> and they're um i just think they have like a great idea and i i could see that being the future of climbing gyms like those light up led holds on everything on, like on everything. the whole damn gym the whole fucking gym awesome and you walk up to a wall and you're like, I want to climb a 510. Yeah, and you boom. Pu- punch that into an yep. iPad and, and it's like, bam, 510 lights up. Yeah. I want to climb a, you know, 14C. Bam. Shit lights up. Like and that's Joe the future. Brown flips in his grave. <laughs> Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, way dead. Right. Yeah. Way dead. 
the other board to mention is the tension board, which is like the symmetry board. So you climb, you can climb like a V7 on the right side, and then you can just flip the lights over and climb V7 on your left side. What were those called before? That was a trend, the um, systems training. Uh, Yeah, it's like a systems board. Yeah, 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 it's like a systems board. See, we forgot that board. Right. So how many boards are we up to? The peg board, campus board, system board, moon board, kilter board, tension tension board. board. Six Six boards. boards. Who's going to win? Right. There can only be one Highlander. (laughs) Hangboard? Hangboard. Oh, man. Seven. Hangboard's never going to die, though. No, because that's... Everybody always have one. Like the most shitty Have it over your shitter, right? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You're crappy. (laughs) The other boards, the the problem, the other problem with at least the configuration that I've seen with the kilter board is that it's so big. And that's been... I know that's been a complaint, not just at the monkey house as far as finding space for it, but elsewhere as well. I like the moon board. I think the kilter board has more potential. Mm-hmm. Just in root setting? I, I, they're still rudimentary. And so I hope to see them grow and yeah. succeed. So, so you truly believe the kilter board can offer a wider variety of climbing? Totally. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's rad. Because so, that is moon's big downfall yeah. in my mind is you got to fucking crank for like a V3. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like that. I, that's what I like about it. That's what you do like about it. I just it. think it's cool how it forces you just like to from the mean. first move. Right. And then the way that it's almost always tracking feet. Yeah. Like you have to yeah. do like, because everything else is set. Like bowler problems in the gym are usually set to sort of be comfortable. Right. Even right. At, even if they're hard, they're comfortably hard. You don't get stronger really climbing yeah. in the gym. Like with like an, um, what do you call it? Like just like a. The, just like a, a, a normal route that's just like set for right. a human body. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, it just doesn't like make you a better climber. Right. I don't think. Well, I think the the thing is, is that like I saying about Moonboard's problems that gym climbing is a business. And so you're supposed to feel good. <clears throat> you want to come in and you want to have clientele have a good time and they'll come back, which is why generally grades are soft <laughs> and you know, and the movement is supposed to feel good. And we've all, but the funny thing is, is we've all complained about that. Like, Oh, that's got this fucked up awkward move on it. I don't like it, but that's the moon boards deal. I think it's like, it forces you to do these like out of balance, barn dory, snatchy, desperate moves. And I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, I do like that, but you climb it enough and then you, start going through problems and you're like oh they moved one hold this is dumb like right. you get it gets but i guess that would be true with any board that you climb enough of mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know i haven't climbed kilter at a angle that's human i, th- I think that <laughs> the kilter's technology needs to be upscaled to an entire gym wow. yeah sick you know? yeah that'd be i mean that would oof. be sick that'd be crazy i mean i like the idea just i mean well if Chris, i had you, a, if i had a million dollars that's what i would do i would open would up that. a gym yeah that I would buy kilters like shit yeah. and fucking make a sick gym that's like 2.0 technologically advanced iPads at every no tape yeah no well, that's setters, what I was gonna say no tape no shit imagine that no fucking tape. you walk up you punch in you still to an iPad what you want and they and the shit would like light up right and you can climb it yeah whatever you want right that'd be sick I think that's a cool idea. Bag it. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen in 2019. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll still be talking about that. My million dollars or this gym. 
So board, boards are alive and well. Yeah. Even the pegboard. I hope the pegboard's still out there. <laughs> Moonboard's still kicking. It's Okay, let's switch gears to humor. Ooh. Oh, tough. What are you bringing yeah. it down? <laughs> have, have you like read a single fucking funny thing in climbing ever? Yeah, the I like the Rock Talk Instagram. <laughs> Who's funny? I mean, it's so hard to be funny. Yeah. There's so much red tape right now. It's really, really tough to be. Is funny. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah. Is that you? It's it's the the PC culture. The yes. the PC culture has got us. Watching our our p's and q's, yeah. It's, it's I, I just think that there <laughs> there is this tradition of of humor and climbing that I I see degraded right now. That dates back to like the seventies with like the Bulgarians publishing Downward Bound, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. and like and Warren Harding's uh, was that Warren Harding's Downward Bound? I forget. Yeah, it, was Warren it was Warren Harding's. Yeah. Warren yeah. Harding's downward bound and the Bulgarians had like uh, a similar publication that was like also in that vein. And I just don't see that shit anymore. So humor, that's my, that's my question to you. Well, I think that, I mean, I think that there is a problem. There is a self seriousness in climbing, especially Alpine climbing that pervades the media and things like that. But it's also very hard to be funny. It, it, I mean, it, no, lots of people are funny. I know, but it's like hard. I think it's hard to create purposely funny media. Even this thing, some people find it funny and there'll be plenty of people that, I mean, that that's the thing. They'll think it's just fucking stupid. Oh man. Wait, is this supposed to be a funny show? Or, <laughs> I was just going to say that. No, it's I'm serious. I'm in the wrong place. It's serious. <laughs> Don't fucking post those goddamn Scarface pictures. <laughs> I'll come to your house and punch you in the face. <laughs> the, the, the deal, I mean, but do you, having like thought about, you know, possible video ideas, but I don't know. I think, I think just, it's no, it's no mean feat to to set out to be funny and and actually produce something that's funny. And but I, yeah. I get what you're you're getting at is this idea that that people are taking offense at things that once were were seen as humor. Mm. And um and I think that may that's not just climbing. You know, it's sort of across the spectrum right now in terms of the way people are the the false outrage over over certain crap that's going on. Yeah, people are more outraged and they are willing to be funny right, or right. willing to laugh. That's true. You know? I agree. So I, I think that that's a problem Yeah, because there is a lot to laugh about in climbing. Right. Well, I mean, this is the natural tie-in for me is that, I, full disclosure, I've done a few uh, gear reviews to get free gear and I've written in Chris that is shaking his head. Chris is shaking his head, head, rolling his eyes. and It's on the list. Yeah, it's on the list. It's and on the list. I have written things that I thought were funny for myself, and I tried to keep them pretty irreverent, and like I'm recognizing that I'm just doing a fucking review of some gear that is the same as last year's gear. So I try to tie some f- humor in, and it, it gets edited out. Well, what was the thing you told me on the trip to yeah, so I, we were in the I, desert? I got this, this shell, and it... 
it, you know, we call it a hard shell these days, but I, I thought of it as like a, uh, as a still suit, like the Fremen would wear in, in the novel, the Dune, the sci-fi yeah, the classic. Dune. Right. Right. And, and so I, I, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is my dream is that these, this new kit becomes a still suit, you know, pretty soon we're not even bringing water, you know, right. you can piss right in your pants right. and you're just an Alpine super God. Because you're in a still suit. And, and you, can, you can bivy just standing up and you're fine. It's, it's you know? so, just in case there's not like complete sci-fi nerds out there, yeah. a still suit in the, in the novel Dune in, in the series. Yes. Uh, the, By Frank Herbert. The Fremen, yep. who were the desert people, yes. uh, could wear these suits and the suit would recycle all your moisture. 98%. 98, yeah, yeah not quite all. Yeah. So as you breathe, piss, shit, you just do it in the suit. Exactly. And, and you just like... Then you just drink water out of the little packs that are on the suit yeah, because it's, it's recycled. Recycle right into you. Recycled. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, that's what Steve is referring to. Right. Think like a svelte astronaut kit. Yeah. You totally. Know? Right. And that you can shit in. That you can shit in. Can right. Shit I think in. those dudes have diapers, but yeah. Anyway, um, I, so the shell fit really well, and I was like, oh man, this is like a still suit. And so I had this whole thing, and then I was like, I concluded by being like, you know. I hope this is the way, you know, where everything goes. And then I was like, long live the fighters. And I tried to tie in a little bit of Fremen, Fremen knowledge there. Right. Edit it out. Edit it out. Gone, 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 gone. Just generic. This thing fits well, you know? And so for me, that's like my... Well, maybe your sense, fucking ex- obscure ass reference wasn't fucking funny. <laughs> that's true. That's maybe true, maybe see, the editor is really good at what they do. Yeah, you know? that's the I don't problem, know. Isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. that ties into both arguments. If you're I think. if you're trying to make jokes about Dune, like that's a small. <laughs> no, audience. the joke is that you can shit in your outfit and you don't have to do anything. About exactly. It. <laughs> is that that's a funny. joke Poop's or is that a feature? <laughs> <laughs> Poop's always funny, bro. <laughs> always good. It's cool. It's like the one last thing that you can hang that, on that, to. Farts funny. and poo. Right. Totally. <laughs> I mean, Miles isn't old enough. The normal baby isn't old enough yet, but I'm I'm like just so Any looking day. forward to the poop and fart era of jokiness. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna be just all over that. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I think humor is kind of a but lost art. It's a lost art. It's a, it's it's. I just think it's hard. It's tough. I just think it's it hard. Is tough. I I find your writing to be funny, Andrew. I yeah. haven't felt very funny. Oh really? I gotta say, yeah, yeah. I have not felt funny ever, or just recently. You're in mm-hmm. a funk. Yeah, it's hard to be funny right now, and so I think that I would like to see the sport uh, open up to. It's traditions which are calling like taking the piss, you know. Yeah, and Th- that's actually I think really you're you're you just hit on the the problem, I think, and it's taking the piss. And so I bet you if we if we bring this back around, we can go back to Wales, which is like the. The, the seems to be like the last bastion of like <laughs> it is the great because I'm sure that there's not a problem there with this shit. Of no. like taking the piss out of each other. No, Which, it's like it's part and parcel with with just like going out and doing you know five pitches of five ten. It's it's part of the sport is to have some humility and humor about what you're doing and who you are and like where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to uh, find a place to voice that anymore i find well don't yeah. don't you think that it's a it's a sort of a a result or a kind of a blowback 
of this continuing commercialization of the sport in the ter- in the terms of that no, when you I commercialize don't think that that's it. I think it's this, I think it's a trickling in of of grievance culture. I'm a victim for all these reasons and I can't my my role is now to take issue with those grievances. But that to me that's like the quickest way to be unhappy in life. But I I, I just think that the the idea that we're that we as climbers who have seemingly all the time in the world to go out and spend our free time climbing rocks and fretting about which crimp is the best crimp to grab <laughs> and what the beta is and like humidity level and the humidity right. <laughs> level of the rock that is a privilege that so many people would kill for <laughs> You know, like right. grow up and yeah. like have some humility about what we're doing. Like it's so frivolous and stupid and we get to do it and it's so fun. There's, there's so much that we can find in common with each other and that we can laugh about, but it doesn't seem that is the case anymore. And I lament that. Yeah. But I mean, as the sort of devil's advocate, you know, we started this with talking about Steve's Steve's uh, possibly humorless. <laughs> it was gold. I fucking swear. But, but but nevertheless, like I still go back to saying that it's it's difficult. It's hard to be funny in a way that you know it doesn't have to be universally funny. But you know you got to hit fifty one percent, right? Right, or else you're just it's just funny to you. And so the the taking the piss thing is tricky because. I don't want to be this person, but it, it can. The field, it can, the the problem is the field has gotten smaller. Right, I agree, so but that, I, it can, that, that's it can what just I'm like, saying is like it can slip into bullying really easily. Right, I see that. Yeah, it can, and but that's not funny. I mean, that is just right. not funny. Yeah, I mean, making I ca- fun of people. Yeah, making fun of a specific person isn't funny. Right, making fun of a thing that we're all a part of is funny. Yeah. But but the the difference is, is that we were so concerned about these trigger words that we can't even see the joke. You yeah. know what I mean? And so the difference is like being able to say that all of us do this thing and it's really silly. Right. Versus, you know, like a segment of us all do this thing and it's really funny, but you said this one word and so now you're... You can't get over it. You can't get yeah. over it. Yeah. Because you're, you know, some kind of horrible person. And so I think that there is a fear of trending into that territory. And I just think that climbers need to take a big step back and realize that what we do is like the most frivolous, pointless thing. And we are really privileged to do it, all of us. And we have a lot to laugh about. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain absurdity to it, right? There's a huge absurdity to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to see in 2019, our sport return to um, a comfortability of accepting that. Yeah. Here, here. I could, I could second that for sure. And I'd like to tie in with gear reviews. Go to Steve Clymer on the YouTube Speaking of climbing media, type in Steve Clymer Arcflex 3300 and you're going to see the greatest gear review of all time. And if that isn't absurdity in climbing, you've never, you won't get it if you don't get it. So 
go to that and do it. That's my inspiration uh, for all for all climbing. So I'm glad you brought up gear reviews, Steve, because that's on my list of things that that should be stabbed in the heart and no, thrown sir. into a pit. <laughs> I okay? need my gear, sir. And it's one of the things that I vowed never to do on the Normacast. <laughs> I was a gear reviewer for the now defunct Mountain Gazette under John Fahey. John who, Fahey. Who was a, uh, who was sort of a, I don't know, he had some lineage back yeah, to the Monkey storied, Wrench gang yeah, kind of dude. Western character. And this was sort of at the end of the Mountain Gazette. Um, I think it's, it's still last around. Iteration, it's like right? a, yeah. yeah, it comes. And I don't goes. know if it's online now or whatever, but it's this is kind of like a podcast zombie. now. Yeah, it's probably a podcast or it's in development. <laughs> it's podcast in development. Exactly. Um, it was the last iteration of its print version, and he could give a shit. So he actually let me do all that stuff that you were talking about, where I wouldn't actually talk about the gear. I just talk, tell some story, that or something like that. Is the best. But man, I tell you, the gear, the whole gear review regime, this idea that you can look in a magazine. Oh yeah or on a website and get a, yeah. a legitimate do not honest review of the gear that I'm writing is ever. is such horseshit <laughs> that I mean you guys this is how it works and I'm the Normacast, so I can fucking say this okay <laughs> at your climbing magazine at your rock and ice sir <laughs> he's pointing at me you're going to get fired <laughs> I apologize yeah exactly I got some sponsors I'll hook yeah, you up yeah <laughs> look you're going to read a review of, let's say, one of my sponsors, Black Diamond Gear. <laughs> and lo and behold, a couple pages later, what are you going to see? You're going to see a fucking full page Black Diamond ad. And guess what? That review is glowing. Glowing. It's, gl- it's four stars. shining. Sometimes they'll do like four and a half out right. of five just, just to it. try to keep it legit. Right. Just to make it seem like, well, we did have a problem because... Like the, the color. zipper was a little tough. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it didn't pull just the way I like it or exactly. whatever. And you're gonna see the fucking formula where they're gonna it's gonna be all this rad shit, and then there'll be like one line of slightly moderately <laughs> derogatory copy just to try to keep it like right. we actually Legit. did. Yeah, right. And let me tell you something else about these fucking reviews. <laughs> and this is inside knowledge, okay? That shit that comes in review, most of it never leaves the desk okay it sits there and when it comes time to deadline that they need a review so and so pulls it out looks at it sniffs it throws it up in the air and then writes a fucking review about it that is the truth truth so do not go to magazines for reviews do not go to paid bannered websites for reviews the only reviews you can totally believe in are are on evening sense. On evening. <laughs> you mean your an, your online journal, not your yeah. blog? Is that a blog? It's a journal. It's an online journal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Is there's it, my rant on reviews. I don't know if there there are a lot. That's one of the strongest rants on Enormacast. The problem history. with the reviews is that they are they're not dying. They're they're they will never they're die. Pro- they're piling up around you like <laughs> like so much like used climbing shoes. You know, I've got, have you got a, got a giant box of used climbing shoes that you're not willing to just throw away? No, because as I go into the, uh, crystal, uh, sunset of climbing review categories, Mm -hmm. um, I get less and less gear. Oh, right. Yeah. No, but, um, I hear what you're saying and most reviews are bullshit, but 
people care about them. <laughs> they do. Oh, I know they're money in the bank. Yeah. I know they are. I mean, think about anything that you've bought outside the climbing world. Mm-hmm. You look at reviews. They're like the most read piece of writing on the internet right now. I look at the reviews by, by people who bought the stuff, though. Not professional ones. No Yeah, way. but whatever it is. Like, think about a book uh-huh. on Amazon. You go and, like, see, like, whether it's a good book. Or whether you, you look, if you're going to buy a saw to, like, open, you know, to work on your house. Mm-hmm. You look at re- reviews from fucking people that you don't know who they are. Okay. And that you count that as valid well, writing. You know, you, you know what I do, though? <laughs> Always take it deep on those reviews. Always go mid pack. I do. I do the filter for the uh, one stars, oh, and just to see what the one star right. people were like. Wobbly hands. So, what's your barometer right. for discounting those? Because I, I like I do the same thing, and often the one star reviews are like the packaging wasn't right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're so like, oh, okay. it's like the one it's star like, on a national park. It's like, no, you got uh, it. But then the, the sunset and it was cold. I didn't know how to set it up, so I, I think returned actually, it. Right. I think actually the be, the beta is the three star review out of five. That's the honest. Just That's where the, the honesty goodness folks see are. what those people right. are talking about. Right? They're, They're not like, the paid reviewers. It, it works, but it, you know, there's some serious flaws. Yeah. You right. got to have a filter on. I just think it's it's like everything else in society right now. It's it's just it's just tinged and ruined by <laughs> commerce. You know, it's like I, you guys are getting agree more with the reviews to do yeah. the review, whether it's money or gear. Yeah. So aside from eveningsense.com, where do you find like the best <laughs> reviews? I go on to like wherever you're going to buy it. If they if they allow actual buyer reviews, that's the ones I look at. And then you got to kind of search through there and you got to keep your radar up. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that because these the, the professional reviewers that are getting in there are so trained you can, you can, you can, you read, you'll Shit. get that whole good, 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 sort of bad, good, right. done. Shit that's sandwich. Like, that's like right. the, the, the what? The shit sandwich. The shit sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Just get that thing. And you'll see it in those oh, yeah. two. And you're like, that guy's getting a kickback somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I think my reviews actually got reviewed by the company that gave me the gear. So really? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if there's that's any. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's just editorial. Going to them yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, you can't print yeah. this. Oh, you yeah. print that. We're pulling your ad. We're yeah. pulling our yeah, ad. Yeah, totally. It's over. Right. You know that it's it's a vicious, it's a vicious psych or what? Well, I don't know. It's like the there. The, the you know what? There. Tail there are. Um, I think that what's even worse is that there are writers who I've met on trips who are completely sustaining their lives based on writing favorable things about companies. Mm-hmm. Oh my. It's the same thing. I'm That's not one of those people. Bad. FYI. Yeah. yeah. But those people exist and they call themselves outdoor journalists. Mm. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like they're on every single press trip you know, for whatever company and they're touting whatever new technology by the company line. And as you uh, mentioned, they are completely beholden to whatever the, like the newest like line is. And they just like spout it out there. And so 
That's gear reviews. They're just talking. Yeah, they're just. It's not all gear reviews. I know, but I'm saying that the gear reviews fit. No, but there. But you can you can make a. um, I think what was interesting for me is seeing that you can make a living as a freelancer just by being someone who's willing to stooge. Be a stooge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. That's no. There's people out there who do this. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, they're charlatans. They're not charlatans, but... Yeah, but if they're calling themselves a journalist, they have to bring an objective eye to something. And if they're not, then they're fake. No, but yeah, totally. Yeah, but I don't think that that makes all gear reviews like bullshit. No, but, I mean, but it's hard I try to, to give people yes, it a does. little bit. Gear reviews, <laughs> gear, gear review, I mean, like all... I'm talking about paid... Yeah, I was going to say, I want... Again, media-based It doesn't have to be paid. Reviews. It doesn't have to be paid. That's the thing that's fucked up is it does not have to be like ex- an explicit transaction. Mm-hmm. It can be, I want to be on the good graces of this company... Because I get to go to Chamonix and go skiing twice a year yeah. on their press trips. So I'm going to oh, write favorable things about this like new fabric technology. I'm not talking about a specie, like changing hands. I'm talking about paid as in like, you yeah, no, get there's this, a lot of people who do this. this. Yes. But that's not. You guys are missing the reviews. obvious dart, though, to throw at me. You being the sponsor. The Enormous Cast is sponsored right. by Black Diamond and Sportiva. Right, right, right. Oh, and Bonfire yeah. Coffee and Maxim Ropes. Right. I thought you were going to go, and you were going to say that I don't wear clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, I don't have pants. <laughs> have you guys noticed I'm not wearing pants? I've, I've gotten rid of all my pants. <laughs> you can't trust these pants companies. <laughs> It's a deep state. It is. It's only the deep state. Take... <laughs> no, you know, it's like I'm on the, I'm, I'm there too. I'm suckling the teat, right? Of the, uh, of the big, of the big climbing pharma climbing thing. So it's like I, I thought you guys were gonna come down on me for, for my duplicity here. I. I don't see it that way. I mean, uh, for we think of you as an hombre. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Right. I mean, you you were like five five minutes you. ago. You, you you ripped out like a four minute rant on this. So I was like, no, that's what trying to get you yeah. fired. Yeah, exactly. You excite your sponsor for doing something pretty not sweet. Yeah, it's so all right. yeah. I do wear sportiva shoes and I do climb on. Well, and I will say I will say this too. I mean, companies make pretty good products too, and the products I do get worked well. So I was like, yeah, you know. I mean, the truth is, is and and when I was writing reviews, one of the reasons because I took it very seriously at first. Oh man, and I was like, okay, no, 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 go back to Steve Climber, dog. I gotta go. I gotta like Yeah, they want an ad. They want. I mean, they literally would tell me that. Like, they're gonna run ads. We need to do a gear review, right? You know, but the truth is, is if you get some soft sell jacket from, you know, whatever it happens to be, Black Diamond, totally. Arcteryx, Patagonia, North They're all the same. They're, yeah. And they're fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're like super nice as long as you like the color and the fit. Right. And that just depends yeah. on you. Exactly. I mean, it's a freaking legit jacket. They're going to back it up. You're going to, if you. Yeah. Re- shoes are like a, a different story. You can review shoes. Ropes are also an interesting category to review, I think. Um, but they require a level of abuse that often doesn't get conveyed in most reviews. Yeah, well, and that's a funny thing because... So, because category, companies yeah. want to have you... They're like, oh, we're coming out with a new thing. Yeah. Like, in two weeks, review this and it'll be 
sweet for you to post it like right away. Right. So that. Yeah. Cause it's yeah, coming yeah, out. It's and we want it yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But that means you got to use that's, it. Yeah. That's not how climbing gear works. Right. Like totally. you expect climbing gear to last for like a long fucking time. Yeah, exactly. And so like, if you give me a rope, I'm going to use it for a year. Right. Well, and, and then the- I'll, I'll tell you like how it held up. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I was going to say is full disclosure. I do reviews of like, superficially like they want the 400 words right out what what my first impressions are you know i don't even have to review anything after using it which is even easier so i just come up with that's why it's like the last thing you are you are that's why i'm like you're you're like adding fuel to my fire over here (laughs) exactly i don't even (laughs) because the thing is is like ropes (laughs) yeah there are good ropes and bad ropes well, and, but you bad. only know that after using it for right. six months and, and falling so on it every are day. And like a gimmick. And they want yeah. you to talk about the gimmick. Right. You know, it's got this. It's got our special coding. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, like, I well, never took it that was the special coding deep. five years ago? Right. I don't know because no, it's, it's like, shit. it's gone. Yeah. And now there's a new special coding. Right. Oh, we have new graphics on this or it's a new color. Yeah. Now the, the most important, they're changes, all made out of the same, like yeah. three fabric companies, like Scholler. Gore-Tex, yeah. 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 And else. they like, just change what one, are you supposed to do with one that? little atom on the molecule. No, reviewing, and it gets, reviewing soft yeah. goods is bullshit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's exactly correct. But all right. Yeah. Shoes, shoes, ropes, ropes, like hard, hardware and hardware, I think are legit. Yeah. I agree. Categories to, to take a, an important look at. Yeah. Over but, time, but the review has to but encompass companies time. do not want to support you if you're like, yeah. okay, send me your carabiner, I'll review it like 15 months from now. All right. of this is true, but what I'm saying, and we got to move on <laughs> from, yeah, yeah, from this whole episode, yeah. actually, is that you're right, but none of that fucking happens, and that's my point. I mean, that is my comment, point, sir. Right. It's, it's pretty legit. What's that? EveningSense.com. EveningSense.com. Yep, there you go. The only place. Steve Dilk's reviews over at Rock and Ice. <laughs> legit. First impression. Everything else, crap. Hey, crap. <laughs> Norma Cast endorsements, legit. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they make me laugh. No, seriously. They make me laugh. You got humor in there. Look and listen back. You'll see. Yeah, the code I've, will be cracked I fought for the good fight. Yep. They've wanted me to talk about shit that I'm like, ah. Eh. Yeah, that's not okay, what we what's do here. A, what's our last category here? Um, I got to get my rant in. Go. Uh, cheap Mexican beer. <laughs> I'm in the grocery store. Not even the grocery Well, now in Colorado grocery store. But I'm in the liquor store. And I'm seeing micro brews of Mexican lagers selling for $14.99 for a sixer. What? $14.99 for a sixer. One of which had sublimes logo on it and it was called the sublime mexican Look. lager fuck that bullshit tecates <laughs> used to be 499 for a sixer and that was fucking legit i think fucking I, we're on we're on life support with cheap mexican yeah, lager that's true. especially as this wall goes up we're done I'm joking about that. That's a joke. No one joke laughed in here. Don't but. joke about the wall. <laughs> yeah. That's we got to keep. Yeah, gotta, yeah. We, nothing's funny. that out. Right. Security. Nothing's it's funny. It's just a metaphor. <laughs> it's the wall's funny. a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, but also nothing's funny. Right. It's not funny. <laughs> you got two things in there that I need to comment on. First of all, if you're buying a microbrew that's making something called a Mexican lager in, like, let's say Durango, Colorado, well, then funny that you you're say it's fuck that off. That you have you've missed the total point. Holy okay. shit! Yeah, go two coolers <laughs> to the right. Exactly. There's this blue box. It says Modelo on it. Buy that. Yeah. 
But those are pricey, dude. It's your, those are exactly fucking pricey. That stuff has come up too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's fucking like savage. Like used to be sort of the the Milwaukee's best of Mexican beers, Correct. and now it's it's like it's, it's premium pricing. What is that company? Ska Brewing or whatever. Ska, Ska the does a Mexican lager as well. Out of Yeah. Oh, it's so the price nine nine nine. Yeah, that's one. But no, there's a couple others. But there's a few. Yeah. yeah. There are definitely. It's a little trend that somebody yeah. was. Like, well, oh. and they're even brewing them now with a lemon flavor in in fluxed or no, infused. You buy the lemon. Yeah, you buy a fucking lemon for or the lime. 40 cents yeah. or a lime and yeah. chop that in. Get your Tecate, which used to be super six, cheap. Yeah, super yeah, cheap. I, I don't know what happened. There's some... Is anyone uh, in the in the bottling man. and importing industry yeah. that could tell us why that beer is so expensive now? Because it is. Yeah, but if you go to Mexico... I know, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's like free. It's practically it's like, free. Exactly. It's better than water. It's like there's a third it, tap. Yeah. It's like you can't possibly fathom the prices back in Colorado when after coming from Mexico back up. You're just like, no, I will refuse to do this. So that's my rant for 2019. Bring the prices down. I have nothing to add to that, but I'm I'm down with Tecate in 10 years. (laughs) I I have one more. Yeah. And I know it's getting, getting this, this episode is getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, this fall, a kid named Connor Herson, Mm. free climb the nose he was the sixth person right sixth person free climb the nose yeah not using fixed lines okay having some some serious he wrapped in though he did wrap in but he did not use like overnight left in place (laughs) fixed lines he had a serious problem with some fixed lines that were put in place he was batting him away like mosquitoes. Yeah, basically, like trying to free these pitches with lines fixed on them is not fun. I've, 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 one of my more notorious mountain project rants when I used to do that shit was about fixed lines, um, on classic routes being in the way, um, of your onside or your red point attempt. Nevertheless, so I, I, I think fixed lines, you know, are part of climbing, but I think on El Cap, it's time to say good night. <sighs> Not only to fix lines, but I want to see, I want to see a movement in climbing towards none of this wrapping in stuff. Round up. Wrapping in no-nos. Look. (laughs) Wrapping in no-nos. G up. Nonsense. Nonsense. Ladies. Okay. Here's the thing, right? If, if you asked anybody in the world. Anybody. Anybody in the world. If. L cap is trad climbing or sport climbing. What are they going to say? Sport climbing. climbing. Quit being belligerent. <laughs> I said trad climbing for the record. You're going to just be a contrarian. To this. Everybody's going to say that that L cap is trad climbing. It's traditional climbing. It's Correct. a big wall. Tra- yeah. The very essence of traditional climbing. You know what? The one of the foundations of tradition is ground up. That G-up. is the foundation. It is the foundation of trad climbing, which is why like. Most of what we call track climbing is no longer track climbing. Right. But nevertheless, it's ground up. You start at the bottom, you, go you to the climb top. to the top. Okay. And if you have to work that pitch 25 pitches up, that's what makes that's it what hard, people. Right. That's what makes it difficult. So I think, am, am I, am I going to like say that it's dead? I'm not going to say that it's dead. I think that leaving fixed lines on popular routes like the nose, like the South Day, free rider part of yeah, the but you have day. to think about like how you're affecting other people right i mean that's the thing that's like fucked up about that right when you're leaving lines yeah, on just detritus swinging around 
And so that's fucked up. And there's people now who can, for uh, many of the classic routes, free climb or on-site that shit. And so to wager yourself as a on par with their level and say, I'm going to fix ropes all over this route so that I can work it for months or years. That is the ultimate act of hubris. Totally. I agree. And, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the issue is, is that is what you said is that there was a point at which El Cap, the nose took a couple of years to climb the original ascent. <clears throat> Okay, there was a point at which to free climb up on El Cap, you know, fixed lines and camps and all that stuff was probably necessary. But if you're doing that, you're living in the past because there are people now capable right. of, you know, nearly on siding, climbing all those routes in, in not only a day, but right. a matter of hours. Right. You know, climbing up to the great roof from the ground in a matter of a couple hours. Like, and again, putting yourself on par with that, you you have to come, you have to sort of agree with the advances in climbing. And and my point of this is not just me, you know, telling you that you sucked because you, you can't climb without fixed lines. It's what you said, Andrew, is that you are affecting yeah. everybody else's experience by leaving those lines there in a very strong way because those people who are on this adventure and and let's say the nose as an aid climb is an, is is an extraordinary adventure for those people right there 2 feet to the left is a full on exit strategy and so yes they can choose not to use it but that's not the point you you've like you you've put you've it there taken for away them. from their yeah. from their yeah. experience yeah. Right. because yeah you've polluted you, it and you want to feel you're like you're unwilling you, yeah. to put in the work to climb the root ground up Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Which is what the the tradition of track climbing is. Yeah. And so that sucks. Yeah. And here's and, another And that's become par for the course on El Cap and it's like it, it's only perpetuated because more and more people are doing it. Right. Right. Need to I stop agree. doing that, that. People need to like voice the uh they need to say this isn't okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's I what agree. I'm saying. And, and it'll change. It'll change in an instant. And the, the, um, you look at the, uh, the Southeast Ridge of Cerro Torre, you yeah. know, that became a sort of stigma, stigmatic thing where people were like, oh, you know, I don't want to clip the bolts that Maestre drilled after right. there was this big to do about it. And then all of a sudden, this ice route, that doesn't require clipping bolts on the other side of the mountain, which had only been climbed six or seven times before got six or seven ascents the next year. Right. And then that since has been the most popular route to the summit of this, you know, sort of notorious mountain. And so the values that climbers promote as being the rad values can have a huge influence on the nature of the climbing on that mountain. And El Cap is a is a place where mo- we need to have those those uh, very considered thoughts like more than anywhere else because it's like the most popular big wall in the U.S. Well, and, and, and so much of the mythology is around this tradition on it, right? And 
you know, but it's mythology because the tradition is sort of gone. Right. And, and, and the point of you saying that it's changes, it can change because on, on RL cap. Yeah. Uh, episode yeah i talked about how it used to be just standard that you throw your trash off right for for 30 40 years you just threw your trash off yeah and then you collected it but of course it was you didn't collect it all and you threw your shit off and that changed in a matter of a few years of people realizing like oh we can't do that anymore and and again it had everything to do with this mentality of like i need to jettison all weight (laughs) like i can't be bothered because this is so touch and go that, you know, I need to get to the top as light as possible. And then we realized that as standards are, had been pushed that like, no, you can handle a few more ounces and still get to the top. And I think with with free climbing right now, we're entering that era yeah. where you, I need to have these fixed ropes or it's not even possible. Like, you know, 10 years ago, so-and-so used fixed ropes and that's how it's done. It's like, no, mm. we've advanced. Yeah. And if you're not there yet then maybe you don't have business being up there yeah and that that's kind of where we're at it's like just like if you can't climb el cap without throwing all your trash off of it don't climb el cap (laughs) if you can't climb el cap without shitting all over the rock then don't climb el cap you know it's in in right we're getting to a point where if you can't climb the nose or the south day or the free rider without mucking it up with your fixed ropes Wrapping in, getting in people's way. And and my point with that is, as a buddy of mine, you know, they were climbing the South Day and the free rider and they kept running into people wrapping from above. And, you know, he said every single time someone came in from above, they wrapped down and they started apologizing. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in your way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And I was like, then even they know yeah, they're in that, the wrong. Yeah, exactly. If the first thing they do to you is apologize that they're in their, your way, then you're in your the fucking way and you Correct. shouldn't be. Correct. It's as simple as that. Right. Don't apologize. Get the fuck out of the way. Yep. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. it's like if you ran into somebody's Back car up. and all you did was apologize. <laughs> right. Hey, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Right. I know I shouldn't have run into it's your car. Guy, it's sorry. when you're in the traffic jam and yeah. the guy's on the shoulder. He goes all the way. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm just going to get ahead of anyway, you. Uh, so <laughs> that's what that is. Here we are classic <laughs> here we are all right folks time to a real man reel in them fixed lines like fishing lures all right folks we got nothing else <laughs> we have exhausted the tanks that was pretty good some pretty good rants it's a good i haven't good. ranted like down on the enormous cast in a while i was gonna say I feel good. Do you guys feel good? 2019. 2019. Feel I feel like I've sort of evacuated some uh, huh? some bad chakras. <laughs> the the vein in your neck that's normally throbbing isn't throbbing. Oh, that's awesome. No throbbing veins. All right, folks. Taps part due. Cheers. <laughs> I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. I can't take him like that. 
It's against regulations. I don't want to go with the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. They've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look. Isn't there something you can do? I feel happy. I feel happy. Ah, oh, thanks very much. Not at all. See you on Thursday. Right. right. Who's that then? I don't know. Must be a king. Why? He hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs>